Hi, welcome to Art of Academia, a weekly podcast featuring interviews with leading scientists and insider takes on life in academia, hosted by Komal and Madan, researchers from Cancer Science Institute, Singapore. Because I wanted to do something else first, but it just felt too contrived. What like, was it? Um, I wanted to do basically revisiting the... Um, the breaking smart episode mm. not like revisiting but like almost a follow up episode mm. to that because i feel like since then i have taken some of those elements mm-hmm. more seriously mm-hmm. like i've been using it mm. and it feels useful mm-hmm. um it wasn't entirely that but i think it's not fully fleshed out and it probably needs some time okay so i thought we'll do this instead and this yeah. also felt like less abstract conceptual and more practical which yeah, people might like once in a while mm. Okay. The Ritual 6 episode is uh, getting viral, huh? Is it? It has the most views, is it? <laughs> yeah, like 25 no. or something. Maybe then sometimes pretentious titles work. <laughs> <laughs> Ritual, right, yeah. Instead of habits or yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know if that was part of it, but... Cool. Okay, but we start with... Um, we, should, we should do an intro, no? I guess we have an intro. What do you mean? Like, you know, I don't know. Hey, what's up? That yeah, time. something like that. Maybe... <laughs> We, let's see. We can bring we can. A, we can bring that in because normally all our episodes just start. Just start. It's just which, which is, is nice in a fun. way. Yeah, uh, which is nice in a way because you're like directly in the conversation already. Yeah, yeah. Uh what have you been up to? Uh what have I been up to? Well, weekend we went for um Cthulhu. I oh. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, man. Cthulhu. 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 What was it? Uh, Adventures of Cthulhu? No. no. Something of Cthulhu. Wait. Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu. Okay so we wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. We still want to play. Yeah, maybe we should still try. Mm-hmm. But uh, without was, paying the 40 bucks though. Yeah, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. But somehow it was booked out or something. Mm-hmm. Uh so we decided to do this instead which apparently is a very similar game. More maybe horror not. horror themed. Yeah, this was Halloween themed. Um where I guess for people who don't know you have a um, what well, is it a dungeon master and there's no dungeon. basic okay game, game master, master it's called him um where they will make up certain scenarios um and as players you have to pick a character who have certain strengths and capabilities and i guess some weaknesses as well mm-hmm. um and then the dungeon master will sort of tailor the situation give you some challenges um put you in like scenarios where you have to use your abilities yeah. um and i guess make it out mm-hmm. Uh, I was just blown away with my guy. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of it was really spontaneous that things he was just coming up with uh-huh. and how much was there somewhat laid out and then he was just building around it. Yeah. Whichever way he was amazing. Yeah, I think it's a bit it's a bit of both, right? They probably do some because they um they did it in a way that they split us into different groups. Mm-hmm. Um so it couldn't be completely random because they planned it in such a way that it all comes together in the end, right? Yeah. yeah. Um but at the same time my guy um our our master game master uh he was pretty i feel like accommodating because mm-hmm. we were like straying from the script a lot yeah. there was barely any horror because both yeah. me and alexia were not super into it hmm. so it was fully like adventure hmm. uh, exploring your yeah i don't know some some weird thing like yeah. at some point we did some lsd we were talking to the cthulhu <laughs> thing you know to i guess a different what monster what is cthulhu it i don't even know what is it I don't is know. It's a e- monster? Yeah, it's a monster. I don't know either, but it's referenced a lot in games. So mm-hmm. I one of the games I play, I I see it often. It's like a weird lots of tentacles. Okay. Big mysterious. I see. I see. Kind of a situation. Mm. Yeah, my guy just made it so horror like yeah, the expressions he had, the way he 
just delivered I see but amazing I was so blown away uh, alright so that was fun good first experience um, I decided to rebuild my own personal website Be- previously I used to host it with WordPress so that's pretty easy it's just point and click they already give you a template you just fill in the information and it's done um, but at the same time you and you have to pay for that but I was on the lowest tier, the cheapest one. Hmm. Um, and it has a lot of limitations. Like they don't give you a lot of flexibility with what you want to do. If you want to have different types of content, it's not supported. Um, so I just decided, okay, I'm going to rebuild the whole thing mm-hmm. from scratch, write my own HTML, CSS. Uh, maybe partly procrastinating on, on doing real work. Uh, <laughs> but also because I had learned some HTML, CSS for the project. Like I wanted to do some plotting which required it. Oh, that was the main reason I learned it. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, I mentioned to you. I, went, I was telling you that I wanted oh, to do no, these visualizations. Got it. I remember now. Yes. Um, but now I had learned it. Mm-hmm. And I, so I wanted to put it into use. Sure. So it was a good, you know, converging of mm-hmm. incentives. Mm-hmm. And my God, that was super fun to do. Like I sat down. I think I was literally addicted to it for like yeah. a good two, three days. It was, that's all I did for like three days at a stretch. Um, super rewarding. For many reasons. Um... One, I think, is the same stuff we've talked about before in, in, in previous episodes, but it has very um, short feedback loop, right? You yeah. you have a thing that you want to solve, which is like, okay, I just want to figure out how do I get all my pages on a navigation bar on the site, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's a very defined problem. You can find the answer very easily because yeah. people have done this many times. Yeah. So you go look it up, you find whichever solution you like, you implement it, you push it to GitHub and then the web page is updated, right? So, super rewarding. Um, and there's like many, many things where they've really fine-tuned this experience of like developing stuff um, that it's just, it just feels like you're playing a game actually. Mm-hmm. A very, very addictive game. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I ended up doing that for quite a bit. Episode, the website is mostly done. Yeah. I'm almost going to put the finished tab on it. Uh, but now now we're thinking of doing a website for the podcast so maybe starting a whole new thing exciting stuff okay uh, let's get started I guess Mm -hmm. what are we talking about today we are talking about doing PhD abroad yeah I think even even masters right Mm -hmm. so basically studying abroad yeah studying abroad Um, the reason I wanted to talk about this at least partially is because two, two things one uh, my sister is in this phase oh, where she's applying, looking see, to apply. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about right. this and it just brought up some memories, I, I guess, it, for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, but also because um, my one of my friends, he moved to uh, the US mm-hmm. for his master's. Mm-hmm. And he was we were just talking and he was like walking me through his experience, right? Uh-huh. And just seeing him go through that again, like basically suffering, you know, like learning to cook, Hmm. have to clean your room, (laughs) you have like assignments to do. Uh, Just watching him struggle also reminded me a bit of uh, the good old days, I guess. Because it's been a while, right? It has been a while. For for me, at least since I came here, it's been super long. How how long? Six years? Six years. I came in 2018. Amazing, yeah. So I really kind of forgot what that whole experience was like. So I just thought we'll do a whole episode on it sure uh, yeah so how you did, applied in 2018 yes how, how did this motivation come about yeah so I think for me it was partially a group thing like all of my friends were also talking about the same things mm-hmm. so it was kind of I don't remember exactly when it started but it was just one of those things that 
you did by default yeah. if you enjoyed your subject like it was la- really two camps there were people who didn't like what we studied biotechnology but i guess more of biology mm-hmm. um a bit more nuances but like broadly two groups one that didn't like it and wanted to leave the field yeah. uh, and then one that wanted to stay keep doing the same thing and of the keep doing the same thing people i guess the very practical minded like who wanted to get jobs immediately um and still stay in the field that's already very a narrow portion mm-hmm. they applied for some biotech jobs mm. uh and they went mm. but i think why more people didn't do that is because at least in india it's not great i suppose the starting salaries are pretty shitty um so it was almost like a default path that you go abroad you do your masters and then i guess you you get a better job or something like just better opportunities mm. so i don't remember exactly when it started but it was just like okay everyone's doing this yeah. let's do let's this let's do it yeah kind of did you think of a phd at that point as well or it was just let's do a master and then we will see how things go yeah so i think i was in that in the part like of this group who liked biology i think i was definitely towards the i enjoyed end of yeah. things um but not i guess also not so clear that i would have directly gone for a phd i was still a bit wary yeah. of like what it was like because yeah right after undergrad i think one should not do a phd a lot of people mm. do do that yeah. but i feel like you are a little less equipped true yeah i mean i have thoughts i i was completely in that camp uh maybe we can come back to that sure. in a, in a sec um but yeah basically i was i was curious i had done some research at least in the in the like last one and a half years of college but it was very uh, unsatisfactory like it was no no depth to it very like scratching the surface kind of a thing mm-hmm. uh, so i think that didn't inspire enough confidence in me that i can do a whole phd oh yeah exactly um, hmm. so that's why hmm. masters uh yeah then applied to how a, come you applied to singapore it was just one of the options in fact i think nus was the only place i applied in singapore mm-hmm. and in my mind it was not the main target at that time um i think i was fluctuating a bit between europe and us uh but singapore was just one of like the things on the side i did not even take it very seriously i had just applied mm-hmm. um and in fact me and uh two other very close friends we all got into the same um university university of copenhagen uh-huh. uh, i think different programs yeah. but that was like pretty a great thing right like yeah. oh wow we can we can all just go together you know we like live together yes, very lucky yeah so we all pla- we planned it out like yeah. everything was planned yeah. we were going to you know share a room yeah. everything blah 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 uh-huh. um and i think oh, the nus thing came very late by then i hadn't heard from nus mm. uh, but then one day i did and mm. i got accepted mm-hmm. and i don't know i think it was just like a it was a tough decision because my, the decision was based purely on the ranking nus just seemed like a better university than copenhagen in terms of ranking yeah. right? i don't really know how yeah. it was i don't know how this like how much this ranking thing really matters probably not a yeah. whole lot yeah. but back then there was no other metric the metric exactly and then, sitting in this other country and you're just looking at these numbers and yeah and we, i was just fixated on that yeah i get that uh, so that was my reason so mm-hmm. then it was a very hard decision to say no I'm not going to go to copenhagen and come decide to come to mm-hmm. come to nus i see cool Okay. Okay, but uh, what about you? I was uh, doing a BSMS integrated master's degree at ISR Pune mm-hmm. in an institute of science education and research. Uh initially I had no idea about 
doing research as a career um phd's and things mm-hmm. like that scientists these things were not on my mind yeah uh, and at that point i wanted to get into civil services oh yeah wow yeah. i know that i have mentioned this sometime before okay, okay. yeah so i wanted to be a is officer or something so this helping people thing goes very far behind looks like it damn i did not know that either uh, but yeah i think at that point i did want to do this and that was my motivation to get into iso let's go here do a uh like basic sciences degree mm-hmm. and then i can apply for these exams and which which is a long process in itself right oh because this ia stuff is like a post grad thing yeah you have to have a bachelor's you got can't it. do it directly after your uh, 12th standard so that was the plan but i got into this institute which was very research intense mm. uh the faculty is amazing the research facilities are really good uh it's a premier institute like in india mm. for research so i really got um uh, exposed to all these opportunities mm-hmm. uh, we had semester projects where you could as a normal course you can do a research project which will have like 2 3 credits or something like that mm-hmm. so you do that for a semester you join a lab you do that next semester you can do this in an, another lab so that already exposes you to so many different labs right. within 2 years time or something like that you can do internships so i did an internship a uh, summer internship in france which was also uh, quite exciting and exposed me to more research and mm-hmm. like you know more uh, the global network in general and then most seniors do go abroad so this oh, is sort during, of a i see is a common thing it is a common thing so that's i think that's how we just got we just got to know all of this mm. and like we just we just felt that this is something you could do right. maybe in another university like say um just some like state university mm. maybe that's not a possibility you can't Probably. you have to really <clears throat> work hard yeah to get into it but yeah. for us our seniors were doing this like just like that mm. so different people we have a huge network across the entire globe mm. us europe i don't know about australia even singapore so uh, you can just talk to people mm. and then they can guide you through it so i started applying and for me the oh yeah i also enjoyed my masters project quite a bit so at that point i didn't know if i want to do a phd but during that masters project i really enjoyed it and i thought okay let's just continue and also being an is officer there's a lot of politics involved mm-hmm. which i don't think i could i could handle i see uh, so i was just like i think i was a bit naive yeah uh, maybe i could have but i at that point i just felt like research seems more exciting seems right uh, anyways so i applied to mostly europe i did not want to go to the us firstly because i think the long long duration 6 mm-hmm. 7 years i did yeah. not want to spend such a long time um also expensive to apply because you have to do this uh, give this gre exam GRE. all the applications also take some money and yeah. i did not have that money at that point because my parents did not know that i'm applying abroad they didn't know they didn't know <laughs> okay i was just applying abroad and then i was like if i get something i will let them know oh. so i did not have the money to interesting apply to any of the universities did you not tell them because you thought they would say no yeah so so i applied did that uh, i got into university of zurich and uh, ucl and university of cambridge uh and then again because of the ranking mm-hmm. i you chose cambridge, cambridge. Uh, yeah i think that is the overall story of how i applied and what was the motivation yeah fair um yeah it's it's funny that you mentioned that you know like you you were doing that basically secretly that's, that's quite <laughs> interesting because uh i think for a lot of my friends it was the other way around where like for some of them they kind of didn't want to go through it but your par- their parents were like forcing them right uh, i see i see uh, but yeah i did not tell for the longest time and only when i got accepted mm. then i told okay this has happened <laughs> okay okay i thought you you showed up at the door you're like guys i'm leaving <laughs> <laughs> no so i told them and then of course it took them a while to sort of uh, 
accept but then it was cambridge so and they, it was uk so okay. i thought they will agree to it that it's such a big opportunity and it's a matter of 3 years mm-hmm. uh, which is almost 4 and a half years now no. <laughs> but yeah of course we will get into it how my phd also took turns and now i'm in singapore yeah <laughs> okay that's that's pretty interesting um okay so that was how we decided to do then i guess what what did you want to talk about next mm-hmm. how was our experience when you yeah, actually there? actually getting into okay so coming to singapore I, I, like like i mentioned right there was the, the, there was this big thing of i'm the only one coming here all my friends are going to europe or us um that that kind of like framed that whole project for me which was even even kind of true um academically like i don't know if you okay maybe i'm jumping ahead we'll come to that mm-hmm. later but early days in singapore i think I, this is probably also fairly common right but it was quite difficult to make friends in the in the beginning uh, i was lucky enough to get some housemates who were quite nice at the time yeah uh but they were they were nice in the sense that we got along very well but they were not people at least they were not the kind of people i was friends with like it was of a very different wavelength okay um um and which was true i think partly because uh, it was also true professionally because the lab i joined at that point was a fully chinese lab hmm. um and the professor was the only one who would like kind of insist on speaking in english hmm. but whenever he was not around everybody just resorts to chinese yeah, yeah. sometimes even when you're in the group <laughs> so in the beginning uh, i think me also being fairly i guess immature you know young me Uh, I never really like corrected that. Mm. I just let it go thinking mm. that's normal. But of course that affected my ability to like talk to them. Right. Um so it was like a fairly um I guess isolated period yeah. the first 6 months to 1 yeah. year. Uh but things started to change when I made a few friends outside of the lab. So this these were uh, Vishal, Juan, Goli. Mm-hmm. Ba- basically there were a few students who were part of the um, student committee yeah. at DBS. um and yeah so then i got to know like a whole bunch of other people and after that things like things really changed i think that first one ish year before and you know the since then um my experience like my whole view of singapore is very very different i see yeah so that that would be like the biggest theme of like what how was your early early right, days right. coming here it mm-hmm. just felt very lonely in the sense of i don't relate to people here yeah um which was funny because i did i don't i didn't think of myself as someone who struggles to find friends mm-hmm. um it, like in school i i've moved around quite a bit yeah. when i was younger yeah. never an issue yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so that was it i don't know if there's anything else that's interesting to say it was the usual um i guess i i will mention this growing up even now very very spoiled kid at home um parents like absolutely spoiled me to the point where no survival skills um you know never never done anything never cooked never cleaned the house never did the laundry uh, everything right this is this is cliche um, indian boy child i suppose uh, so i had to relearn all of that which was nice it was difficult but it was a good good experience to to go through that um that definitely teaches you a lot okay how was yours your experience right so, uh let me think oh yeah i remember the the day i reached mm. i went with like two bags and uh, trying to reach the college so in cambridge you have some 30 colleges within the same so it's it's a big town which is the, the entire university sorry the entire town is the university so a different departments different colleges are just spread across i reached uh it was around 6 7 pm or something 6 mm-hmm. pm i think i reached my room 
I went out to eat. Nothing is open. Oh, too late, is it? <laughs> too late. Six p.m. is too late. It's already quite dark. I think it was October, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I guess I'm just gonna sleep like that. And yeah. I had come with such a long flight. Mm-hmm. I was quite hungry, and I'm like, okay, I just went back, slept. Um, but then I think they do have a lot of activities within their first week or so. So you get to know people. But again, this was more like you know them, but you mm. you're not friends with them. Yeah. So that, and then I think one big thing was the weather. <laughs> which we have discussed uh, sometime recently mm-hmm. as well coming from india which is like super sunny yep. that to nagpur very hot it gets cold of course but that's like two months or so and here things get gloomy mm-hmm. things get really cloudy it's drizzling raining all the time so that's something that you have to get used to as well so i think i complain now but while i was doing it i just got used to it i see yeah it's only in retrospect i feel that i was miserable uh-huh, but uh-huh. i think when it was happening i was not of it. yeah yeah at that time i was like okay this is a new thing and i deal with it yeah. it is cold yes it is cold, cold. and like just get do? along with it yeah. yeah yeah i i think i also um over overestimate how how much i will hate the cold because mm-hmm. i've never been in a cold country mm-hmm. always grew up in a hot place yeah uh, and some of my friends who had gone to very cold places yeah uh, they were like oh it's not so bad and yeah. like, but then when they talk to me it's always like you're saying it's not bad but it doesn't sound like it's it sounds very bad but maybe if you yeah. live it you just uh, you just really get used to it i yeah. think my i remember my first winter i felt so cold like during the peak december jan time but the next winter i myself first was like i feel okay. okay so i guess when you start spending 2 3 years and like even more for True. some people there were like 5 6 years just get it used to it this is, this is this is this is the new norm yeah you know it gets cold like you know this month it's yeah. going to be this way and things like that uh, in terms of friends I got quite lucky mm. so I met a girl who did an internship in my lab in Iser. Wow. Yeah. So she also joined uh, uh apart from her there was another guy who I met at the University of Zurich interview. Oh, you guys <laughs> talked to each other in the interview. No, it was in person. Ah, I see. So we went there I see. Uh, and so then there was on site in India. No, that no, was you in went Zurich. to Zurich. Yeah, oh, damn, the for the interview. Yeah. Wow. They paid for it. That was insane. But yeah, basically there was like 3 days thing. on the last day before like some get together i was there i just gave an interview and i was just walking past i saw him come across me and then we were like indian indian <laughs> and then we just chatted exchanged numbers for whatever reason right. never saw each other and then realized we are both also going to the same, same university for phd so i got these two connections somehow randomly and uh-huh. um so this was my i think uh, close knit circle to start with and then we sort of expanded there were quite a lot of people around to uh, yeah. mix with um yeah but, but i do know of my friends who went to uh, some universities say in germany smaller cities mm-hmm. where it's really just it's not a university even it's a research institute mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of students yeah. it's mostly like employees staff researchers postdocs so they really struggled mm. in a new country and especially with the language mar- barrier i think right. at least with english you get by even if yeah. it's not yeah thing about I, i guess that was the nice thing about singapore is that there are actually a lot of different ethnicities here hmm. um so you do get exposure so even though uh like some environments like my lab was very you know chinese and you wouldn't they wouldn't interact and stuff in general i feel like there are many people like many different kinds of people here and you can uh, yeah like learn from everyone absolutely i think yeah i mean we are already sort of getting into the benefits or sort of the advantages of doing a phd abroad mm-hmm. one is just getting this international exposure to people mm-hmm. so even even there i had friends from 
so many different countries us uk europe australia and then you just get to learn so much instead of going online or like reading up they just tell you experiences and then just they just tell you stories and um yeah that's quite cool to make that global network yeah okay what else you can get into do you want to get into the research research doing a phd abroad of course the main thing is there's more funding outside yeah, right just biggest more, one <laughs> more money outside definitely i don't think india is lacking in terms of talent or mm. skill mm. it is the money yeah uh, which makes a big difference then yeah i mean i, I remember like one of the, and and the first time you experienced this it's quite stark right uh, in my college at least srm the funding was like almost non existent we were doing absolutely ridiculous things like washing the tips and reusing them <laughs> washing yeah like oh wash like rinsing them with and a tap this water this i've never heard because uh, it <laughs> like, was ridiculous i don't know like filling and autoclaving and stuff but no that is washing? totally fine yeah and then we were using those tips for qpcr damn How, dude like the audacity even and then <laughs> we complain that uh, there's no result yeah like how would it work there's detergent in it <laughs> yeah so so damn. coming from that background uh, like dps which is not that rich which is where i did my masters it was already shocking like you know you just buy everything mm. you barely reuse mm. anything mm. you know and, and then when you find out the price of things that blows your mind yeah. as well yeah um so that's definitely a, a big thing you mm-hmm. know like you should i think if you want to do research yeah. i don't know how advisable it is to stay in india even the salaries and stipends yeah some students don't get stipends from i don't know is it whatever the government body that dispenses stipends for for years mm. for like months and years then how how are you going to focus on your research when you don't true, have money true. to eat yeah actually the stipend is a good point too and there's probably like at least used to be one of singapore's strengths where the phd programs they pay you decently well yeah i mean I we can put we can put numbers to this so csi where i did i am doing my phd and you were here for a while that pays 3000 dollars for international students mm-hmm. a month singapore dollars which is pretty good i think that's quite competitive on a on a mm-hmm. global scale it is yeah um and the nice thing about singapore at least so far as i know most programs here comes with a guaranteed scholarship mm-hmm. which is not the case in a lot of places right mm-hmm. you can apply even for a phd mm-hmm. but then you kind of have to se- secure your own funding yeah uh which i think is maybe fine you can still do it but i i like the fact that this comes as a package and you don't have to worry about oh, it oh yeah yeah like in the us sometimes uh, like you say they might there won't be a tuition fee so you don't yeah. have to pay stuff yeah. but then you so have to like sort of apply and survival people do ta ships and stuff like yeah. teaching duties and then i i think there also in many cases the money comes from your supervisor so you kind of under their mercy like if they have grants you get money if they mm. run out of grants you might not get mm. money mm. it it felt a bit unstable that's true yeah, and that is if you have some from some central exactly. organization that's definitely much more stable yeah so in singapore at least where i am in csi even for some others it comes from the department yeah. uh, which has another nice added benefit that a lot of people don't realize if your pi is paying you i've heard i don't know if this is true but in the us where the pi is paying you you're you're basically very cheap labor hmm. um and then the incentive is that they want to keep you on for hmm. longer because hmm. they can get more work done yeah. without paying an actual staff yeah. who they would have to pay much more right but here because the department is paying you uh, and the department doesn't really care um how much how long you stay in fact they don't want you to stay too long so that you're not like keep sucking the funds mm-hmm. so there's a hard limit on yeah. the program yeah. so 4 years you're encouraged to finish yeah. and fuck off right which is good which is in good, many absolutely. ways yeah. even in india in us phd's can drag on for exactly. 10 years also yeah. like i know people who have 
It took 10 years. Yeah, this that's is insane. That's a decade of your crazy. life. Yeah, that, that's one huge downside. I don't know if it really does play out like that for a lot of US colleges, but I've heard many cases where there is no like definitive end. You can keep going. Okay, so you went for your PhD. You went to Cambridge. Why are you in Singapore now? <laughs> Man, that's a long, long story. Um, so I started in 2019, October. And then in November, my PI tells me that he might move to Singapore mm-hmm. because he has a really good job position there and he may take that offer. <laughs> yep. I was like, well, <laughs> okay. And then he, he assured me that for at least for one year he will be here, uh, won't be leaving. So in that, I mean, I was very new. I was getting used to the country. I was getting used to people. Uh, research mm-hmm. I was excited new PhD student I want to like you know at, at that time I was just like writing proposals and stuff so I'm like I can do this yeah. I had that high motivation okay one year I'm going to become independent <laughs> I'm going to learn everything and then the next two years I can just do it by myself mm-hmm. and then I think March 2020 COVID hit mm. so first bomb was him leaving second bomb was COVID, COVID. everybody's just home so of course research got hit quite a bit and then he eventually moved, I think, in 2020 end. I was still there. Mm. So initially the idea was I would stick around. There will be people to help me. So mm-hmm. I will have people, some mentors. Um, some of my postdoc mentors were quite nice. Uh, but then he said that no lab in Cambridge. So people started, people started leaving. And after that, 2021, my department got Closed shut. <laughs> yeah, bro, I cannot like believe the story, jinx. man. <laughs> I cannot believe the story. Ah, that was another horror story. Like, every lab is now leaving. It's not just like my yeah, lab yeah. is leaving, these people are leaving. Farewells after farewells. I don't know how many I have done. Yeah. Uh, but really, all equipment started shutting down. Um, this lab is going to Germany. That lab is, I don't know, going where. People started le- like getting lesser and lesser. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a good environment, right, for your, for your yeah, research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need people to talk to. And then, for a long time, my postdoc mentor, Biren, was there with me. Uh, so we were like just sort of two people doing our things, uh, but then eventually he did leave as well. So at that point, it was really just me. Mm. I was the last member standing from our lab. Uh, and I was just doing my thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining just, what that's like, I can't it's imagine. It's insane. I mean, I'm just like recollecting that time now. I'm looking at my bench. It was just me. And then there was another lady, Mona, uh, who was initially part of Ashok's lab, but uh, then she got an independent position. Uh, so she was there so the entire space like if you imagine our benches mm. I'm on one bench she's on one bench and then her she got one or two staffs later so they that was it mm-hmm. and I don't know I was doing things it's, it's it's quite insane to think about that now but eventually I had to make the decision I had to I could either stay along and join some other lab within Cambridge and then finish my PhD there or I could choose to move to Singapore into my professor's new lab uh, contemplated with this for a long time because again so many pros and cons again mm. moving a country moving continents mm. um, it will impact your research it will impact you have to go and set up everything again um, the lab here itself was also getting newly built so things were things will take time to set up like people were having troubles do, doing a western blot that's your bread and butter and yeah. then if you're struggling with the techniques how will you get results for your for, for your PhD but the cons with do joining another lab within Cambridge was that this new PI might, may or may not, you know, give you attention. Mm. Because they do something else and now you're on a corner doing your own thing. So eventually, after a lot of discussion and thinking and this, that, I chose that, I decided that I will move to Singapore. Mm. And then in, when did I come? 
2022 april i moved um but i think it i think now i definitely think i made a good decision because uh, in terms of the lab in terms of the the research that i did um the things the people i met mm. the culture i got to experience uh, the food i got to experience all those things within like one phd i got to experience two completely different countries yeah 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 so which is something not everybody gets to gets to do so i think i got lucky in a way mm-hmm. even though it was stressful at points um so yeah that's how i'm in singapore finished my phd uh and now i'm doing a research fellow i'm a research fellow right now trying to finish up stuff yeah nice yeah i was just thinking how how different uh singapore feels from the uk like i know at least research wise although i have an experienced it experienced other countries uh singapore feels isolated like i was alluding to this before in terms of like being connected to the the research network if you will um the main stuff is happening out there mm. at in the US mm. and a decent amount in Europe mm. and there is a good amount of crosstalk between those two mm. uh but this side of the world is kind of like secluded yeah. like although singapore is constantly trying to be a part of it it's much harder like i guess it is harder to like get people to fly all over you know all the way yeah. across the world yeah. even like co- for conferences mm-hmm. um it can be expensive to fly them in so for those reasons like it's just geographically yeah. isolated it we are better connected with like the southeast asian part like yeah. china uh, turns out korea has a lot of research happenings mm-hmm. many conferences there mm-hmm. but yeah i think it does feel a bit you know left out in a yeah. way from yeah. the the main scene right and you do feel that mm-hmm. like you do like when you go for conferences yeah. you don't see a lot of people from these you know That's us true. or europe universities coming over yeah uh but yeah but how and and you know we we were you were alluding to this a bit in a previous conversation but even for example antibodies and stuff yeah. if you need to order <laughs> something all the manufacturers who are like doing this are based either in europe or us a yes. big chunk of it's it it's a big big uh, aspect of your research yeah and so things just take forever to arrive yeah. as opposed to you were telling me in uk it arrives in a day yeah yeah here you have to wait like a good four weeks few weeks if i thinking if, if i had to do like a short bullet list of why why come to singapore for research sorry number one is money i suppose mm-hmm. uh compared to yeah. i guess a lot of other yeah places. i mean given the size of this country they are really putting in a, lot a huge amount a huge chunk of their gdp uh don't come here for the beaches <laughs> it's an island uh but you will be very mm-hmm. very uh misled if you yeah. think the yeah. beaches are nice they are <laughs> not nice but i guess the no but then also this is a hub for really traveling most of southeast asia True. you can go anywhere yep. this is the place where every flight goes to yep and southeast asia has very nice beach southeast yeah. asia has so much to offer oh hmm. well i have one because um my sister for example she seems not so keen like she's a bit doubtful about whether or not she should do one because i think on some level yeah recognizing that it's a good opportunity you, you will get you know better uh, options later on but at the same time not wanting to like give up the current life you have right mm. your friends mm. um you know the things you have set up like she's she's yeah. moved out now she yeah. has her own place yeah. so i think she's quite attached to it mm-hmm. she doesn't want to leave mm-hmm. so what would you say to a, a person like that like who is considering it but they also are not like fully convinced um because you know they like their current situation right i mean i would th- actually uh when i started when i started my phd and like even like maybe a few months ago i was in this 
position that oh next i'm going to go to a new country mm. and then like you know get some new opportunities do new things whatever mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. um but now i also am in this space where i want to go back uh, home for different reasons but for your sister at least or like students who are in that position it's a matter of a few years and yeah. the amount of things you would learn the amount of people you would be meeting mm-hmm. uh the network you will make is something uh that you should definitely work for and try for like yeah uh it is definitely like it will teach you so many things um and it's a matter of a few years you may like it you may not like it if you don't like it the worst is you go back home mm-hmm. um but at least you tried true true i think that's a good way to think about it like i'm thinking now also somehow it it feels different when i was in undergrad it, there was no question of me staying back uh i i think partly because maybe most of my friends were also leaving so mm-hmm. there was never a concern yeah, yeah. um but if i think about it now i wouldn't i'm not so keen on moving at least i mean okay fair enough that the way it's structured for me also is that the plan is to stay for a bit but i'm not very excited about moving i would like to stay here mm. uh, which is quite interesting right mm. like i guess sometimes you because in my head it's you kind of have to balance like you have to see what you're getting out of it yeah but also like while you are here or your sister is there in india she is just she can only see the things that are good right now she does yep. not know what's there on the other side yep. so you really have to experience it and even for me when i moved to singapore i had no idea mm-hmm. what is there you know to see to do to meet to like ex- experience yeah it's only when you come and you do all these things you are like after one year's time i'm like yeah i definitely enjoyed so much i learned so much and mm. i would not change that yeah and there's a funny phenomena that people have probably noticed this um when you first move your quality of life is probably going to dip right it's going to be worse off yeah. than how it was when you were like back home nice comfortable eating mm-hmm. you know nice food uh but almost everybody i know um if you ask them how do you feel about the decision i think most people are like it's an overwhelming yes as in it was a good good mm-hmm. choice mm-hmm. i wonder why i don't know if it's this is some on some level some uh sunk cost like you did you put all you put in all this effort so you're like convinced to say convinced to like always say like yeah mm-hmm. no this is a good thing I see. or is it really i mean clearly there are benefits right yeah. there are good stuff yeah um so it's it's a hard argument to make i'm just try, trying to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. uh but pretty much everybody i know nobody has said that they regretted yeah i mean you have put in so much you have invested so much and then just saying like oh i made the stupidest decision <laughs> of my life take some balls to say that yeah. i guess to even yeah. like accept that to yourself right but. right that's true 